Greetings, Quester. The Meddlesome Meeples present Tome Talk with Richard and Matt. So now on Tome Talk, Richard is going to be talking to us by the novel Gateway by Frederick Pohl. Yes, I am going to talk about this. And the other day, Matt did ask me how dystopian is my novel for this week. Because, because quite frankly, I was worried about you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're, if we base if we judge a character based on their reading habits, mm. we could we could worry that you were you know not happy and you know I was getting I could concerned see emails. Depressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't judge a person by their book covers. That's yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I said at the time it's not. Um, but then I remembered <laughs> that um, Earth in this book is in a pretty bad shape. Um, but it is set on an asteroid called Gateway. Now, when I first started reading this, uh, I read the introduction first. It's the um, the sci-fi masterworks version, so it's got both an introduction and an afterward. That just explain a is bit. Is it the the author himself, Frederick Paul, who writes that introduction? Uh, no, this introduction is by Graham Slight. Okay. And um, yeah, it just t- it talks a little bit about like the context in which the book was written. Um, this is from the 70s, this particular one, and it just mentions the fact that in most sci-fi, one of the main problems they have to overcome is faster than light travel. Mm. There needs to be some way of it either happening or kind of getting around it. Like in the, in the Expanse, they just don't do faster than light travel, they just stay in the solar mm. system. But if you're going to have something that's set across the galaxy, then there's got to be some way of getting around it. And this is quite a novel way of it happening which is that humanity had found an asteroid that had over a thousand spaceships on it which could all travel faster than light and they don't actually know how they haven't been able to reverse engineer these things (laughs) but they all have kind of pre-programmed courses set Mm. in and basically people in this book who go to Gateway are being prospectors Mm. So they have the chance to pilot one of these ships, like use one of the, the pre-programmed codes that are in it, and just see if they get anywhere that, like, they try and find artefacts or interesting things that they can bring back, and they just hope that they will come back, because some people haven't. <laughs> like Some of these ships have just set off and then just not returned. And you really get a sense of the basically the gamble they're taking with their lives in doing this um, and yet they're doing it basically because they need the money they can get a massive payoff if they do it's interesting because as soon as you said to me that you know they get around the issue of fast and light travel by finding all these ships on an asteroid field and they don't know how they work at first I thought is that is this just a cheap way of dealing with that issue and mm. that's just a little part of the story and really it's about something else but it's actually kind of interesting the idea when you turn that around that they find these ships mm. and the whole story is about them uh, going who knows where yeah, to it. explore I mean that that's a much more interesting story to me yeah that's it so and a lot of it is set on Gateway the actual mm. asteroid itself because there's quite a lot of the characters kind of putting off signing up for the next trip because they don't know if it's going to be their last and it is really a lot of it is about psychology as well Mm. Um, the way people will have these kind of defence mechanisms and things and kind of try and deny that they're scared (laughs) and one of the things that I found quite interesting about this is every other chapter of it 
is the main character talking to his psychiatrist. (laughs) (laughs) And um, that that really brings psychology. It's actually kind of set after the events and he's relating the events, is that right? Yes, yeah, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Um, You kind of get an idea of where the story is going to go because. The main character he's actually called robinette it's a man he's called robinette broadhead and it starts with him talking to his psychiatrist about the fact that he has a woman's name <laughs> and, uh, and it well, and, yeah, yeah i mean robin's robin can be either male or female yeah but robinette yeah. robinette is definitely a woman's name <laughs> yeah everybody just calls him bob and it's uh and it's got this um this I android to um, marry you bob <laughs> yeah yeah actually it reminds me of that um Sorry, that was yeah. A, for anyone that doesn't know, that's a reference to uh, season two of Blackadder. Well, Blackadder two, yeah, mm. yeah. So, um, Siegfried von Schrink is the <laughs> the name that he's given his android um, psychiatrist. He's not called that's, that. Uh, that's yeah. a pretty heavy name, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you definitely know what his job is if you got that name. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's got here masculine. Why do you care if some people think it's a girl's name, Bob? <laughs> and is that I don't? Is that then? Why do you keep bringing it up? And um, you can really tell that Bob really gets annoyed at mm. this android throughout the book. And well, I think I'd just be annoyed by the fact that it's a robotic shrink called Seafried von Shrink. Well, like I say, it's not called that. Bob calls it that. Yeah, it's, it hasn't got a name, so it's um, not not quite so bad. But yeah, the fact that Bob is having these psych- psychiatric sessions um, is because he's been able to pay pay for what they call full medical. Mm. So. Basically, he's paid so much insurance he can get all the medical treatment he wants, which will basically mean he can live indefinitely, like through gene therapy stuff like that. So Sounds you, pretty you, sweet. Yeah, so you kind of know that at some point he struck it big. Yeah. Um, on Gateway, but also it messed him up quite a lot. Like whatever happened to him, um, and he has a lot of guilt that he's kind of running away from, mm. and most of it is the this robot trying to bring it out for him, and. But he's such a great character, um, Bob. Uh, well, I say great. He's amusing. Mm. And Paul's writing is very witty. Um, there's a lot of adverts in the book, which for the most part are funny. Like you'll kind of be flicking a... You'll be reading a chapter and then suddenly there's a whole page that's just like the classifieds. Mm. And it can be some for some pretty weird things, like people looking for a girlfriend back on Earth and asking if anybody's got any daughters there. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> You know, you kind of get the impression that uh, people there are a little bit eccentric. Um, And later on in the book, you get to, um, instead of adverts, there'll be entire pages which are conversations between a teacher and the students Mm. on, like, astronomy. And does that tie into the main story, or is that just, like, the classifieds? Is that something just It seems kind of extra. It's, like, a little bit like the fluff that goes around with it. But... um, but then later on in the story, uh, Robinette, he mentions that he tried loads of different ways to kind of take his mind off what he was going through. And he and the fact that his name was Robinette. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the least of his problems <laughs> by the end of this. But yeah, he, um, and he ends up signing up for these classes. And you kind of realise that th- these pages that you've been looking at mm. about the book are... Um, actually him at the classes and you, you can sometimes tell that he's disrupting the class as well because <laughs> the teacher's getting a bit annoyed um so yeah it's you end up being very immersed in this mm. and even though the space travel itself is quite limited because most of the people are understandably quite scared to actually get in the ships and go 
um, you do feel very much like it's a kind of a coherent sci-fi world mm. that you're in, um, particularly in like, in the solar system. Um, when they are actually on the ships, there's just something. You realise how difficult it is, even when they're actually travelling, because the ships are quite small, and they have to keep all the alien equipment on mm. there. They call the aliens that they that built the ships the Hichi. They don't know much about them at all, and they um, there's a lot of Hichi equipment on the mm. ships with them, and they've tried removing them before, and sometimes the ship has just exploded. So they've decided just to leave everything where it is. But that means that all their supplies, like the humans need, mm. have to fit around all this stuff. <laughs> so you can only take so many rations and things like that. That reminds me a bit of because I've been watching Stargate recently. Yeah, and uh, there's loads of scenes with like gold ships or Tok'ra ships mm. uh, even Asgard that you have all the Asgard stuff and then you've got piles and piles of supplies that they've had to bring along in massive cases and trunks and yeah, stuff just sort yeah, stuff of like that. You dotted realize, around in random places yeah you realise how much they need yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so if you were to go on a especially a trip that you don't know how long it's going to take and that that is the bit that I found mm. quite scary sometimes people are back like within a few days mm. and it turns out they've only gone to like Barnard's World or mm. um, Barnard's Star I mean or um, like Alpha Centauri something like that yeah. sometimes it could have been across the galaxy and there's been times when people, you can kind of tell when you're at the halfway point of your trip when you're on the ships because there's a slight gravity pull when mm. you're on it and when you reach the halfway point there's a thing on the ship that glows and then gravity shifts slightly yeah. the other way and when there's there was a, a chapter where they're actually heading out and it, for the first couple of weeks they're kind of getting on okay and then when it gets to like the third week they're all starting to get a bit ratty with each other because everybody's just worried like is how this, long is this gonna yeah, be yeah and is it going to be something we can survive because once if it gets to the like the 90th day something mm. like that if you haven't changed your gravity at that point, then you know none of you are going to survive. Because of the, uh, the amount of supplies they can carry on the ship. That's is it. That yeah, the, the amount of supplies. Concern. Yeah, because you know, if it gets to ninety days, then it's um, you, it's going to be that long again at least yeah. before you stop, and then you have to make the return trip as well. And so essentially, once you hit that mark, if you've passed a quarter of your supplies, yeah, then you've you've got a problem. That's you it, need yeah. to start rationing. And okay. even in the weeks before that. Like that's the point where even rationing won't help. Mm. But before that, you're thinking about you're going to have to be like drawing lots, stuff yeah. like that. Um, On who's so, going to get eaten? <laughs> well, basically, who's going to voluntarily stop eating? <laughs> who's going to take a little walk in space? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that could be some time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I found things like that very interesting because you kind of really feel like you're in their shoes, mm. and you realise. Um, just kind of how scary it is because for a while I was a bit annoyed that they weren't going out on these trips like they kept putting it off but then once they get to it you kind of realise how scary mm. it actually is and yeah I think it, as a novel idea I think this is um, very interesting just the fact that they've found all these ships and uh, the way they're using them the way the corporation is actually um, sending people out mm. and then back and um, yeah giving them commissions on what they found so yeah I would recommend Gateway um, if you haven't read any Frederick Pohl, um, I think I think you'd like his books if um, if you like Pratchett things yeah. like that. Um, it's got it's, quite a bit of humour in it then. Isn't yeah, it? there is. Yeah, 
a very um, witty way of writing. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to reading some more by Paul. I think particularly Space Merchants. I've heard of that before. And, yeah. So when was this book released, Richard? <laughs> this book was written in 1976, released in 1977, it seems. Ah, so 40 years. Yeah, 40 exactly, years. 40 exactly, 40 years. Yeah, and uh, we knew nice that straight away. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, this week... Um, my book recommendation, and I am actually recommending it this time, is by Frederick Pohl, and it's Gateway. Farewell, Questa. To find out about other productions by the Middlesome Meeples, then check out our channel or rendezvous with us at middlesomemeeples.com. Until next time, Questa, farewell, and keep thine axe sharp. <laughs>